Chapter Two of the Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Blanchard. The Homesteader by Oscar Mugeau. Epoch the First. The Homesteader. The day was cold and dark and dreary. A storm raged over the prairie. A storm of the kind that seemed to come only over the northwest. Over the wide, unbroken country of our story, the wind screamed as if terribly angry. It raced across the level stretches, swept down into the drawers where drawers were, tumbled against the hillsides, regained its equilibrium, and tore madly down the other side, as if to destroy all in its path. A heavy snow had fallen all the morning, but about noon it had changed to a fine grainy missiles that cut the face like cylinders and made going against it very difficult. Notwithstanding, through it, directly against it, at most times, the homesteader struggled resolutely forward. He was shielded in a measure by the horses he was driving, whose bulks prevented the wind from striking him in the face and on the body at all times. At other times, and especially when following a level stretch, he got close to the side of the front wagon with its large box loaded with coal, which towered above his head and shoulders. Before him, but not always, the dim line of the trail, despite the heavy snow that had fallen that morning, was outlined. Perhaps it was because he had followed it, he and his horses, so often before in the two years since he had been west that he was able to keep to its narrow way without difficulty today. And still, following it was not as difficult as following other trails, for it was an old, old trail. So old indeed was it, that nobody knew just how old it was, nor how far it reached. It was said that Custer had gone that way to meet his massacre, that Sitting Bull knew it best, but to the homesteader he hoped to be able to follow it only as long as the light of the day pointed the way when night came but upon that he had not reckoned to be caught upon it by darkness was certain death and he didn't want to die he was young the homesteader just past twenty-two and vigorous strong healthy and courageous his height was over six foot and while he was slender he was not too much so his shoulders were slightly round, but not stooped. His great height gave him an advantage now. He followed his horses with long, rangy strides, turning his head frequently, as if to give the blood a chance to circulate about and under the skin of his wide forehead. The fury of the storm appeared to grow worse, judging from the way the horses shook their bridled heads, or perhaps it was growing colder. Almost continually some of the horses were striking the ice from their nose points, while very often the homesteader had to rest the lines he held while he forced the blood to his fingertips with long swings of his arms back and forth across his breast. His claim lay many miles yet before him, and his continual gaze towards the west was to ascertain how long the light of day was likely to hold out. Behind, Far to the rear lay the little town of Bonesteel, which he had left that morning, and now regretted having done so. But the storm had not been so bad then, and because the snow was falling, 
he had conjectured it would be better to reach home before it became too deep or badly drifted as it was now he was encountering all this and some more damn he cried as they passed down a slope to where the land divided and where the wind seemed to hit hardest his course lay directly northwest straight against the wind which he could only avoid by hanging the lines over the level of the brake and falling behind the trail wagon but this unfortunately placed him too far away from the horses he had walked all the way for to walk was apparently the only way to keep from freezing he soon reached the other side of the draw and when he had come to the summit beyond he groaned ahead of him just above the dark horizon the sun came suddenly from beneath the clouds on either side of it great gasping sun-dogs struggled they seemed to vie with the red sinking orbit and as he continued his anxious gazing in that direction they seemed to have triumphed for as the sun sank lower and lower they appeared suddenly empowered with a mighty force for only a few minutes later the sun had fallen into the great abyss below and the night was on we can make it yet boys he cried to his horses as if to cheer them and as if they understood they crashed forward with such vigour that he was thrown almost into a trot to keep up as long as it went on thus or as how far they had gone he was not able to reckon but out of the now pitch darkness he became conscious of a peculiar longing he had a vision of his sod house that stood on the claim and he saw the small barn with its sheds and stalls for four he saw the little house again with its one room the little monkey stove with an oven on the chimney and imagined himself putting a pan of baking powder bread therein he saw his bed a large wide dirty tish true but a warm bed nevertheless he fancied himself creeping under the covers and sleeping the sound way he always did he could not understand his prolific thoughts that followed he thought of his boyhood back in old illinois he took stock of the surroundings he had left there he lived briefly through the discontentment that had ultimately inspired him to come west and then he had again those dreams regardless of where his train of wandering thoughts began or of where they followed always they were sure to end upon this given point the girl the girl of his dreams for he had no real girl there had never been a real girl for jean baptiste for this was his name in the years that had preceded his coming hither it had been one relentless effort to get the few thousands together with which to start when he finally came west at that he had been called lucky he had no heritage had jean baptiste his father had given him only the french name that was his for his father had been poor but this instant belongs elsewhere his heritage then had been his indefatigable will his firm determination to make his way his great desire to make good but we follow jean baptiste and the girl only a myth was she she had come in a daydream when he came west but strangely she had stayed and singularly as it may seem he was confident she would come in person some day he talked with her when he was lonely and that was almost every day he told her why he had come west because he felt it was the place for young manhood here with the unbroken prairie all about him with its virgin soil and undeveloped resources and the fact that all the east 
that part of the east that was iowa and illinois had once been as this now was had once been as wild and undeveloped and had not then been worth any more indeed not so much here could a young man work out his own destiny as iowa and illinois had been developed so could this so would this also be developed and as railways had formed a network of those states so in time would they reach this territory as well in fact it was inevitable what was to come the prime essential therefore for his youth was to begin with the beginning and so he had done so he had come had jean baptiste and was living alone with a great hope with a great hope for the future of this little empire out there in the hollow of god's hand with a great love too for her his dream girl so in his prolific visions he talked on with her he told her that it was a long way to the railroad now thirty-two miles he had that far to haul the coal he and the others burned there were yet no fences and while there were sectioned lines they were rarely followed it was nearer by trail but he was patient he was perseverant time would bring all else and her he had visions of her she was not beautiful she might not be vivacious for that belonged to the city but she was good always he understood everything that was hers and he was confident she would understand him her name was sweet and easily pronounced how he loved to call it he staggered at times now and didn't know why he had wanted to be home and in his bed where he could sleep but home as he now regarded it was too far he couldn't make it and didn't need to why should they blunder and pull so hard to get home when all about them was a place where they could rest the prairie was all about and he had slept on the ground before with only the soft grass beneath him why then must he continue on and on the air was pleasant warm and luxuriant and he jean baptiste was very tired oh how tired he really was it was settled he had gone far enough he would make his bed right where he was he called to the horses but somehow they didn't seem to hear he called again then he thought louder and still they failed to hear he wondered at their stubbornness they were good horses and had never disobeyed before he called now again at the top of his voice but they heeded him not in the meantime forging onward onward and onward it occurred to him to drop the reins but such had never been a custom within his tired freezing and brain-fagged mind there was a resolution that made him cling to them but struggling to pull them down to a stop he continued and as he followed them now onward toward the sod house that stood on the claim all realism seemed to desert him he became a chilled mechanician he seemed to have passed into the infinite where all was vague where turmoil and peculiar strife only abided for jean baptiste did not understand that he was on the verge of freezing stuarts were pleased with the country they had arrived in early january the weather had not been bad although the wind blew much stronger here than it did in indiana however they had not forgotten how it blew in western kansas and were therefore accustomed to it the house upon the place they had rented was small just four rooms 
but it was well built and was warm a village was not far the people in it called it a town but you see they were enthusiastic to be more amply provided they could get what they needed at gregory which was seven miles seven miles was not far to one who could ride horseback and this agnes had learned in western kansas you had better not go to town to-day my girl cautioned jack stuart her father as she made ready to ride to gregory after ordering bill to saddle dolly the grey mare that was their best tut tut papa she chided this is a day to take the benefit of this wonderful air the low altitude of newburn ridge made me sallow there was no blood in my cheeks here ah a nice horseback ride to gregory will be the best yet for me i don't like that wind and so much snow with it he muttered looking out with a frown upon his face but the snow is not like it was she argued almost ready it's letting up it's growing finer which is evident that it is growing colder better still she cried jumping about frolickingly her live young body as agile as an athlete's now dadda she let out winsomely i shall dash up to gregory get all we need and be back before the sun goes down and with that she kissed away further protest swung open the wide door stepped out and vaulted lightly into the saddle a moment later she was gone but not before her father cried if you should be delayed stay the night in town above all things don't let the darkness catch you upon the prairie End of chapter two epoch the first the homesteader